0: How y'all doing? It is my distinct pleasure to be able to bring the message to you. Um, we're going to be talking about equipping people tonight. Are you ready for that? We got small groups coming up. This is all about uh, small groups. The series is called DNA. It's a you know, and we all know what DNA is. It's the building blocks of life. It's who we are. And so you may have heard this, but it's always good to go back to the basics and and review what it is that makes us us so that we can have a clear picture of where we're going. And as as we have unity in the house, there's nothing that we cannot accomplish. Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to come and to to learn more about you, Father, to, to hear your word and to grow and to catch the vision. I just pray right now, Father, that you I'll be with us tonight, and open our hearts and our minds to receive. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. The big idea, Jesus died for people. That makes people the point. Jesus came and He lived a perfect life. And He died on the cross, a, a perfect sacrifice. And He did that for you. So that makes you the point. We all are here because of that. And over the next several weeks, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the different aspects of of what that means to be uh, the point, (laughs) the church. If we are to equip and to be equipped to do the work of the ministry, we must be intentional about our relationships. You see, relationships plus intentionality equals discipleship. And that's what small groups are all about. That is the place that you get discipled. That is the place that people get to speak into your life. That is the place where transformation on an intimate personal level happens. Our society has tricked us into thinking that we are somehow more engaged with others when we're not actually with others. We have been led to believe that we can connect without, and without sharing anything except what we choose to say to the world on our Instagram bios. In psychology, they call that your idealized self. We get to a chance to put out there what we want people to see, what we want them to think about us. You see, because we have a picture in our mind of who we want to be, and that platform gives us that opportunity to put that out there, but it's only face-to-face that I can look my brother in the eye and say, man, I see you're struggling with that. Let me help you. I see that that happened. Man, that happened to me too. When the masks come off and you sit down face-to-face with somebody that can speak into your life, that is the place where real change happens. When we isolate ourselves and we think we're, we're connecting, but I'm sorry, you're really not. There's so many things that cannot be seen on the internet like facial expressions, like body language, like all those forms of communications that we all know about. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that those things are bad. I'm saying there's just not a substitute for face-to-face interaction, intentionality in relationships because that's where you're going to change when you're challenged. You see, we believe that life change happens in the context of relationships and they're built in small groups. We want you to experience life change and we're going to spend the next two weeks talking about small groups and how they can and we can accomplish this. The reason why we don't join... Oh, this is, this is good. All right, I forgot about this. Sorry, I was just reading. I forgot kind of where I was at. people i talk to people about small groups all the time and i ask them or one of the first questions i ask anybody that comes into my counseling office is are you in a small group okay and if they say no i say well why aren't you in a small group that's the first question on the top of the page by the way who's your small group leader they give me reasons like well i don't see the need well we're gonna fix that tonight I'm too busy. Well, and my answer is usually, life is about priorities and bearing f- fruit that last. What will you tell Jesus when He asked you what you did with the talents that He gave you? Did you bury them or did you double them? You know, that's about the only question we're going to have to answer when we stand in front of the the judgment throne of God. What did you do with what I gave you? You see, because He can't hold our sins against us because they're washed in the blood of Christ. They no longer exist. So the only thing that you're going to be judged for is what did you do with what I gave you? Well, here's another one. Can't find what I'm interested in. Well, shoot, let me know what you're interested in. I'll make up a group just for you. Come <laughs> on. Watch out, because if you say there's not a group that you're interested, I'm going to take you through next step. I'm going to take you through leader step, and I'm going to make you a small group leader, and you can make your own. Yeah. Amen. Don't tell me, because I got an answer for that. God wants to use your interests, your passions, and your experience for advancing His kingdom. You know, I tell people all the time. We don't think that we're gifted in some area, but I tell people, you are a 10 in some area. God has uniquely gifted you. He has prepared you. He has brought you here. He has made you ready. You are a 10 in some area. Well, then another another one is, well, I don't know anybody. And I understand. personalities react to groups of people differently. But the evidence shows that God made us for interpersonal or made us interpersonal beings. He made us for relationships. Some of us, like lots of people and some of us only a few, but we must all have some. We must grow larger and smaller at the same time. This is at the core of what we believe that the church must grow larger Okay, and a lot of people think Valley's too big. Well, you know what? We have four services, so it's not actually that big. We got to grow larger. Why? Because impact. That's why the more people you have heading in the same direction with the same vision, with the same goal and the same values, the more you can accomplish for the kingdom of God. We're not in it for number's sake. We're in it for soul's sake. We're in it for people's sake. And the more people that we have advancing God's kingdom, the further it's going to be advanced. And you're part of that. This may be some of the reasons for not joining, although I am certain there are more. Now that I have taken away most of the excuses, let's begin to focus on why we should be in small groups. Small groups are a necessity for personal growth in Christ. God did amazing things in the early church. We do see a description of the, um, of the early church and its people throughout the New Testament. And we want to be like them. How many people want to be like Peter and James and John and Paul and Timothy and Silas and Barnabas? And How many, how many people want to be like those guys? How many people want to be like the heroes of old Martin Luther and John Calvin and all these other people. Bonhoeffer, yeah. We want to be like them. But we sometimes refuse to do what they did while expecting to get the results that they got. Ooh, somebody say, come on. Come on. The first thing the early church did after having received the Holy Spirit was from, to meet from house to house. It's called the Acts 2 model of the early church. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, verse 47, says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, and awe, everybody say awe, all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and they had all in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing them uh, the pro- the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, come on, day by day. day by day, come on, there you go, you got it now, you're getting in my flow, day by day attending the what? The temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those being saved. You see, they were Jews. (laughs) They did not neglect going to the temple. Matter of fact, that's why, you know, back in those days, if you got up and you spoke in the temple and it wasn't something that they liked, they would expel you from the temple. You know, the only way to get back into the temple so you could preach again about Jesus was to be beaten. Peter was beaten several times, just just scourged So that he could get back into the temple just to be able to preach the gospel. These men and these women were committed to advancing God's kingdom in the temple and from house to house. So the Greek word there is oikos, and it's, it, you know, they lived in extended families in villages and things of that nature, so it wasn't just me and my, you know, my wife and my two kids, it was me, my wife, my two kids, grandma, grandpa, auntie, uncle, you know, it was an extended family, and that's why it was more, the, the translation in, uh, from Greek to English is not adequate oikos, which is the Greek word that's used there, household, actually means more of sphere of influence. The people that you have contact with, the people that you work with every day, the people that you come into contact with every day, your community. They met from family group to family group or people group to people group. The people that they were influencing. Jesus showed us this example as well. And how to change the world. Jesus' small group consisted of 12 men. And then there was a larger group of 72. And then there was a larger group after that. You see, Jesus knew and exemplified exactly what the church was going to look like and what we needed to do. That's how the first century church expanded and grew like wildfire. Just spread across the land. Small groups help us meet the need for friendship. Relationships are a necessity, and it's, it's an important part of personal growth. Family and friends being real, taking off the mask and looking. Uh, you just saw, oh, oh, oh yeah, I put this in here. I added this to, at the last minute. So I want to do something real quick. I want you to look around. Look around real quick. Look at everybody in this worship center. You just saw the answer to your private cry for help from God. Because everything that you need is in the house. It's sitting right here. It's sitting across from you. It's sitting in this worship center. The thing that you're going through somebody else has gone through in this room, and they could be a great help to you. All you have to do is find them. Open yourself up. I love this picture in Exodus 17, 11-13. It says, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, could you imagine Moses standing there? Israelites fighting the Amalekites. Joshua and his armies, they're winning. And his arms go down and they're losing. And his arms go up, they're winning. <laughs> and their arms go down and they're losing. And their, his arms goes up and they're winning. Then Moses' hands grew tired. They took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite's army with the sword. That's what friends do. That's what family and friends do. They got on each side. Moses sat down. They got on each side and held his hands up to give the victory to the Lord. Becoming a Christian expands the family concept. Being a part of a large church doesn't mean that you have to befriend everyone, just a few. I don't have to be your best friend. okay? I don't have to come and see you in the hospital because I'm not very good at it, to be quite honest with you. I will do my best, but My personality doesn't, I mean, I was, you guys got to realize, I was like 82nd Airborne Division, you know, jumping out of airplanes, martial arts, hardcore all the way. If I come into your hospital room, I'm going to say, what, broke leg? So what? Get out of that bed. Come on, let's go for a walk. See, because you know what my lowest spiritual gift is? Mercy. Yeah, My lowest (laughs) gift is Mercy. My son gets in a biking accident, and he's bawling his head off, and his face is split up. I'm like, suck it up and drive on airborne. You know? I just, I'm just not geared that way. You know who has a, an amazing mercy gift, who you want to visit you in the hospital? is Donnie Kraft. Is Donnie here? Donnie, man, he has, that's the guy you want visiting you in the hospital. Because he's going to love you. And he's going to be like, it's going to be okay. Let's pray. Let me lay hands on it. You know, very pastoral. I'm going to be like, eh, man, you know, I've seen worse. (laughs) I exaggerate a little bit just for fun. But we're all uniquely gifted. We all are called. So we all need to do it. Your family grew exponentially. New friends are healthy and rewarding. Small groups help us meet the need for involvement. We love to do but we would rather do with someone we know and enjoy. We all want to be part of something. If misery likes company, then success must really adore it because people are drawn to success. Did you know that? people are drawn to doing something and doing it well and doing it successfully and doing it for him we use our spiritual gifts our talents god has given all of us gifts to impact the kingdom small groups can help you identify these gifts and help you see them and use them for his glory in luke 10:1 jesus sends out the 72 uh, appointed believers to prepare for his coming as Christians. We instinctively, uh, want to participate in preparing the way, but we don't know where to start. How many people are like that? Pastor Jamie, I've given you my life to Christ. I, I know that I'm, I'm gifted in this area, but man, I just, I just don't know how to do this. I just don't know where to even begin. You know what my first answer is? Small groups. That's where you begin. You get plugged into a small group because that's where you're gonna, God's going to develop that gifting and that calling. Start small. Start in small groups. Every group has the potential of changing the world. They just need your help. Small groups help us meet the need for involvement. Matthew 18.20 states, When two or three are are gathered in my name, I will be in the midst of you. Often we associate impact with size, but that's not what Jesus taught. Instinctively, Jesus is talking about uh, disputes in this passage and concludes with the truth that if Christians come together in unity on earth, it'll be done in heaven. You see... You guys remember the story of um, the Tower of Babel? You guys remember that? When I was in Iraq, I actually got to see it. Tower of Babel was in the city of Ur. And you can see it. It's still still there. And there's these, these ancient writings all over it. And so, you know, the humans got together. This was before God confused their language and God made them disorganized and spread them out. Because God saw something in them. They were, they were building a ziggurat, which is this spiraling monument to try to reach heaven. Because they wanted to be like God. They were, they were going to build this thing. And they were doing it. They were making it happen. And God looked down at them and said, look what man can do when they're in unity. Let us confuse their languages so that they cannot work together. Bam. Bam. And then he knocks it down. Okay? Now over in Iraq, it's only maybe a little bit higher than this building, but when you come up onto it, <laughs> all these GIs were going, "Let's go see it. I'm like, heck no, I'm good about a click away. I'm, <laughs> I can see it just fine. I didn't want to go over there because God cursed that thing. Man, the guys were guys were chiseling pieces of it out with the ancient writings on and stick it in their pocket uh-huh. <laughs> i wasn't walking with the lord but i knew better than that i was born at night but not last night <laughs> that's crazy talk forget that so they would stick it in their pocket and they would take it with them and i i often wanted to kind of check on them see how they were doing years later they still had that thing But it's still there. the, The locals call it the Tower of Ur because it's in the city of Ur. In the Bible, we call it the Tower of Babel. But that's what God saw in humanity is if we were in unity... We could accomplish anything. Now just think about the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. And when you join with your brothers and sisters and you use your gifts and you use your talents and you use your experiences, you use your passions, you use everything that God put in you to advance His kingdom. Together, in unity, there's nothing that we cannot accomplish. We can change the world. How many people want to change the world? Come on. That's why we're here. If you don't want to change the world, then you don't need to be here. If you don't want to change the world, you will at the end of this message. (laughs) We're going to have small groups starting up here in a few weeks. And we've got the menus on the seats. This is your opportunity to join. Join a small group. If you don't see one, make one. <laughs> come, to, come to my leader step, and then you can be, and come to member step if you're not a member, then come to leader step, and you can make your own. We're all about empowering, taking that which you're passionate about. That's why it's called a free market small group cycle. That's what I do in my class. I, I go around and I say, what are you passionate about? If you could be doing anything right now, what would you be doing Take that passion. It might be biking. I heard there's a biking group. Now, look, y'all, I got something to say about that. Now my wife wants a bike. (laughs) But she doesn't want to use my mountain bike. She wants a mountain bike, and she wants a girly mountain bike. She wants a pretty one. (laughs) I'm going to get you a mountain bike, baby. Don't you worry. I resist a little bit just for fun. Right, guys? Just for fun. (laughs) But we know you know you're going to get that mountain bike. We're going to have small group sign-ups. We're going to have stations. We're going to have people over the next couple weeks uh, out there in the cafe. Correct, Justin? And uh, Pastor Justin, I should say. Look out. And you can come out there and you can sign up and you can get plugged in. You can start using who God has made you to be to advance His kingdom. You don't know until you give it a chance. I've removed the excuses. There's going to be some awesome, but 35, is that right? 35 small groups this cycle. That's pretty amazing. 35 small groups. And if, if you think about that, um, say we have 15 people in each small group, you do the math. That's a lot of people engaged in advancing God's kingdom. That's a lot of people inviting others to come and know Christ. That's a lot of people that are in unity in one accord to accomplish a great task that God has given us. We have all had to learn lean on others at some point. Let's make sure that we are now available if others need us. That relationship, just like we were talking about, Moses standing there, he needed help. And his brother and his friend came to his side and held his hands up so that the victory would be the Lord's.